to the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium, providing you a virtual gathering space during the midwinter winds. Please warm your hearts at our fire. We have 18 wise women who have walked their talk presenting this year. And what makes this gathering extra special is the group of dedicated fire tenders over at the Wind Clan who are holding space so that you can go deeper in your healing and your experience with this symposium. And today, I have somebody I met in a mastermind that I absolutely love and adore. Her name is Christine Egan. She is a breast cancer survivor and the author of The Healthy Girl's Guide to Breast Cancer. She ran a half marathon after ending 33 radiation treatments and a full marathon to celebrate her remission. Today, she helps women heal from the invisible scars that cancer leaves behind and teaches them how to piece their lives back together. Christine regularly appears on News 12 to share her healthy lifestyle, life, living hacks, has appeared on national news as well as various print magazines, including Yoga Journal, Better Homes and Garden, and Live Happy Magazine. She has hosted breast cancer awareness events for major running brands, Saucony and New Balance, and is a model and brand ambassador for Anna Ono, the first company to design lingerie specifically for those affected by breast cancer. She lives in Long Island with her husband and three children. And uh, she did something this year that I just really thought that she should come on to this and share because, you know, so many of us are sitting at home with our rituals and our ceremonies and our community. And, and yet we like to talk about all the happy and the joyful moments. And, and yet there's people who might be sitting around your dinner table or your ceremonies who have really struggled this year with, uh, with illnesses. You know, breast cancer is just one of those things. And so, you know, how does the person who has, has to go through a spiritual experience of healing from a major illness show up present in their life? And I think you are like an absolute wonderful example of this. Well, I think that's such a great way of saying about like, you know, healing takes place on so many levels, right? Like I can, I, I'm in a totally different place than I was even a year ago. So I'm eight years removed from breast cancer. So I'm, you know, well enough away from it where I don't remember the exact details or those immediate feelings, but healing on yet another level of being able to push myself and go beyond what I think I'm capable of doing. And um, that's what I teach my women, right, is how to put together a new story, create a new life, the one that you want, how do you want to create that? now that you've been given this new opportunity post-cancer. What do you want your life to look like? What do you want it to feel like? And by putting that out there to my groups for the past few years, I decided to do this crazy um, endurance event, which is uh, part of the reason, uh, part of what we're going to talk about today. I love it. I, I was watching uh, from my armchair, I was the armchair 
climber on your event. So I was like cheering you on from across the country and thinking about one time when I was climbing Machu Picchu and I got, I was inching my way up the stairs because it was, it was, I was, I was not nearly in as good enough shape as I needed to be in. And I don't know if you ever are for those things. And all of a sudden I was sitting on this terrace overlooking all of Machu Picchu. And I thought to myself, wow, this is really a nice view here. And I think this is far enough. And all of a sudden, been there and all of a sudden this butterfly comes by and I get this message Renee enlightenment was not found halfway up the mountain and so that butterfly actually led the path all the way up to the top of the mountain which trust me I was crawling on my hands and knees at that last summit which was a little narrow but still to get there and that changed everything that's a great story yeah so um I'll tell you about the hike that I committed to doing last October. Um, there's uh, one of my mentors, Jesse Itzler. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's a best-selling author. And um, he rents out this mountain in Vermont for the weekend for three days. And you hike up one of the ski mountains in Vermont 17 times to equal the height of Mount Everest which is the tallest mountain in the world at 29,029 feet. Yeah. <laughs> but the catch is you only have 36 hours to do it. So the timer starts at 6 a.m. and then it closes at 4 p.m. and you have the 36 hours in between to climb um, the mountain. And the average amount of time to hike up was, for most people, was about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. For me, it was more like an hour and a half. Um, hike up and I originally was thinking I've been to Vermont you know nothing is all that steep there but I was definitely wrong on that it definitely was steep it was extremely steep and we had every imaginable weather condition of sun rain mud I mean I was up to my shins in mud snow we actually had snow in october the first snowstorm in vermont uh the winds were whipping at um over 25 miles per hour and it was well below zero <laughs> so it was it was definitely um an endurance um from mind and body how many people did it so there were 170 people who climbed that mountain and um there was a small percent of them were only women. There were, so out of the 170 people, 143 were male. There were only 27 females. Something that I did not expect. I, I thought there'd be more non-athletic people like myself. <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, know why. That. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there were a lot of um, groups of men who were, you know, Spartan racers or, um, you know, endurance athletes, you know, who run those 50 Ks or a hundred miles. Um, yeah, I was a little thrown when I first got there to see um, the lack of women. I don't know what I was thinking. I really thought that there were other, you know, non-endurance um, race people, but I guess I can't say that anymore now that I've, I'm one of them. Right, now that you've mastered the the 17 hour up and down the mountain climb. So how many of those people finished? So out of that, um, 
the goal was for everyone to hit at least one summit and you had uh, one of the major mountains the seven peaks and um every single person got at least four hikes in which um i think the lowest one is kosciusko which i don't remember i don't know what the uh, the height is but um the first year they did it this is the second year the first year only 28 percent of the people Everested, you know, made the mountain 17 times. This year, 72% of the people who were there um, hit the 17. Wow. Yeah. Sami's very interested in your. <laughs> so, 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 talk to somebody who's struggling with a with an illness, and and you know, or a family member, and how could you relate your experience to climbing that mountain to? healing your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one of the biggest things for me was this, I trained for uh, like four months leading up to this event. And part of the training was getting out of my own head, was changing the whole story in my head about what I could do and what I couldn't do. And I think that falls right in line with um, cancer treatments and healing from cancer about retelling that story about yourself. Um, one of my original mantras while I was going through cancer was strong and healthy, strong and healthy. And I clung to that same mantra again while I was training for this event of being strong and healthy. And it was this opportunity to see what I was capable of doing if I got out of my own way. Like, what does it mean to feel uncomfortable what does it feel like to start getting comfortable with feeling uncomfortable which is a lot like undergoing cancer treatments right like i remember when um i was first told that i was going to need um chemotherapy and i needed that port the um the the port that goes into your chest which is the way that they administer um medication it's just easier than finding veins in your arm and that whole idea of having this port put in my body, just like it, it just, um, it pushed me over the edge. It was like the last thing that just broke the camel's back was having this port put in. And I needed to surrender to this whole idea of having this port and using it to get me well. And I think that's the same mentality I used while training for this mountain was like getting really comfortable with knowing I was going to be uncomfortable and have to do things that I didn't want to do, like climb in the mud or climb in the rain or hike in the snow. What was that like? So what did, did you, tell, tell us about your process, your breakdowns, your breakthroughs, you know, I mean, because that is a process of any, anything is that breakdown to the breakthrough. Yeah. I had, okay, so I knew that this was going to be difficult, but I knew I had, I <laughs> what, mean, gave you, what gave you an idea that this was going to be difficult? But I, I think I was naive enough to think that I could do it. Okay. It's like, you don't know what you can do. You know, like it was just, I was being naive. Like I knew it was difficult, but I didn't know how difficult it was going to be. And I was training and I was, I one of the training things I did was um, I had this sled that I pulled around town and it was 185 pounds. And 
the goal, one of my goals was to pull it for three miles. Like by the time, like that's when I knew I was going to be ready for the mountain, like pull this sled through town for three miles. Like people would see me like through town, like pulling this big, heavy um, sled with all these weights on it. I saw you on Facebook. I thought, oh my God, this woman's lost her mind. (laughs) That's right. Um, But I didn't know what that was going to be like actually climbing the mountain. And um, by, so after the, only the third summit, uh, I was with my husband. My husband was climbing right with me and uh, we stayed together for uh, most of the climbs. And I turned to him when we got back down to the uh, base and I said, I, I started crying. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is hard. And I kind of like just cried for a little bit And then I like changed my socks and put on a different pair of shoes and was like, okay, let's just do one more. And that was really the mantra was like, let's just do one more. Like we're not committing to all 17. We're just committing to one more. And I think that goes definitely in line with cancer treatments. Like, you know, I always say to people, you know, when I was undergoing 33 radiation treatments, I never saw when the end date was because so many things can set you back in treatment. Any blood test, any bad side effects, you know, the burns could be too bad. They might extend your treatment. Like, I just never looked at end dates. It's always just this one treatment. And that's how we treated each hike was just this one hike, just with one hike. And, and let's see where it takes us. Um, on one of the hikes, on, I was not prepared for the darkness. <laughs> I mean, We're I in thought- the solstice, was, so this is perfect. That's right. You're never I, prepared for the darkness. I was not prepared to be on a mountain in Vermont in October in pure darkness. Oh, it's dark there too. There's just, there was zero light zero. Um, there was no moon. We were in a new moon and I had a headlamp. I had two headlamps on one on my head and one around my waist. And I really thought that was going to be enough to shine the light for me to get to the top. And, um, it wasn't. And somehow I lagged behind. I was hiking with, um, my husband, Frank and another woman that we met on the trail, um, Trisha Smith. And we were climbing and somehow I fell behind Frank and Trisha, and um, I was exhausted. This was about 11 o'clock, 11.30 at night, and um, I just couldn't see. And I was unsteady uh, on my feet, and I was crossing. There was literally a stream on the mountain that you had to step over, and I literally stepped over it and fell. I lost my footing and I was so shocked that I fell and it like, it shocked me. I fell in the water and I took my, it like took my breath away and I sat there for a good minute before I could get back up. And I was on a steep incline and I needed my poles to like help me get back up. And I couldn't see anybody because they were now ahead of me. And I got to the top of that summit and now I could see the lights up ahead. And when I got to that top of that mountain, I just started breaking down crying. 
I, it was just such an emotional release. It was not, it, it was joy. It was sadness. It was shock. It was uh, relief. It was gratitude. It was all of the above. I just kind of stood there, cried for a minute, wiped the tears away, got some hot water, got on the gondola, and then turned around and hiked right back up. Wow. So you wrote, you hike up, ride down. Is that how? Yes. You hike up 17 times and ride down. So did you get to change? I mean, you were wet. Now you're just falling into a stream. Uh, I was, I was so committed to um, getting up uh, before midnight that I wanted to get back up before that midnight started. So I was so, I had that in my head. That was one of my goals. And I just went right back up. Wet and all. Wet and all. Wow. You've become my bigger even hero. <laughs> and so how, how have, since you've done that, how do, are you applying it to your life? How can, how can the listeners at home who aren't ever going to do a 17 hour up and down mountain run, how can you start to apply some of these principles? Yeah. I, okay. So one of the big things was obviously being mindful, just like I said before about taking a task and not thinking about it fully, but thinking about things in bite-sized pieces and whether that is eating, you know, on the road to eating healthier yes. or maybe it's adding more wind walks to your day Mm -hmm. making a commitment. So maybe someone feels um, like they really start, want to start an exercise routine or start doing wind walks. But the whole idea of doing it for 30 minutes is just too much. Well, let's stop at the 30. Let's just do five. Let's just walk around the block. Let's just walk to the top of the block. Like it doesn't have to be this all or nothing. Um, this whole all or nothing mentality of it has to be perfect or I have to do this, you know, um, half an hour or I need to eat all vegetables. You know, life just doesn't need to be like that. Let, let's just pick out some really simple things um, to get us on the way to success. So I think it's really important to just take these bite-sized pieces. No one needs to go climb a mountain. No one needs to go jump in the ocean when it's 25 degrees. Like we don't need to do any of that in order to feel superhuman. We can feel superhuman in our everyday life. So do you think you'll do it again or, or once enough? Okay. So I uh, left that weekend and I said to Frank and I said to the organizers at the event, like, oh my God, this was great. I'm so happy I did this and my, I'm one and done. I definitely don't feel the need to come back at all again. Like I feel like I left it all in the mountain. And then we drove um, like the five hours back to our house after um on that uh saturday and literally frank and i turned to each other on the ferry ride home and said um are you ready to do it again next year and i was like yeah let's do it <laughs> so <laughs> we're signed up to do it again and i really feel like i'm going in with a different confidence level of um i do feel unstoppable um, and the other thing that I'm prepared to do is I'm hiking at night now with my headlamp on to get used to being in the darkness and to feel comfortable being in the dark. Um, that was just something that I just didn't have experience with of um, embracing 
the dark. So when you were up there, since we are in the solstice and, you know, it's, and I'm going to talk about embracing the darkness inside. So, I mean, you couldn't see anyone. You must have been a little bit scared, maybe, or? Yeah, I was scared, 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 scared. <laughs> scared of animals coming out of uh, the woods. Like, there were lots of things I was scared of. Um, but I also knew that I could do it. So yeah, the fear came in my head, just like fear comes in my head of cancer and fear comes into, you know, the um, post-cancer, um, any of my post-cancer women of fear of cancer coming back. But there's that opportunity to rewrite that story of which fear, which person do you want to be? Do you want to be that person who's in victim mode and always thinking about the cancer coming back? Or do you want to be in creator mode and know that um, you are the creator of your destiny? And that's the person I wanted to be on that mountain. I wanted to be that person who was the creator, the person who knew that all it took was step by step to get to the top of that mountain. So do you have a few tips you, you, for recreating that story and that you could share? Like in the moment, what do you, how do you recreate that story? The story of um, the all or nothing mentality, which, which story? Well, you've got a lot of stories going on, but like the story about, you say you just make yourself a new story in that moment that oh, oh, oh. switches the fear. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to who do you want to be? How do you want to rewrite that story? How do you? Yeah. Well, in your head, saying it out loud, writing it down, like going back to that, going back to that mantra, who do I want to be? I want to be strong and healthy. And so that's a good, tell somebody how they would develop a personal mantra like that. Like where you came up, I want to be strong and healthy. Now that's pretty clear. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I do a lot of the one-on-one -on -one work with women, Mm -hmm. We really get to what it is are they striving for? Are they striving to live without fear? Are they striving to live each day without pain? Are they striving to um, have a better connection with the people around them? What is it that you want on your day-to-day -day basis? Listen, part of the reason I did this hike is I turned 50 this year. I don't know how many more years I'm going to have left to climb a mountain. So I made this a priority. Like, what is it that you want out of life that you want to start making a priority? Because I don't know how many more opportunities I'm going to have for this. And I, I really live my life like that, knowing that there is a finite end and hopefully it's a long way off, but I'm not naive. After having a cancer diagnosis, you know, death is really something that was thrown in my face at a much younger age of 42 to have to think about. And I think really knowing what are the things that make me happy? What are the things that bring me joy? And how do I want to spend my days? And I think when I do a lot of that one-on-one -on -one work or workshop group, women know what it is they're living for and how it is they want to feel. And I think that's a really good question to ask yourself. Where is it that I want to be spending my time? 
Um, I like breaking things down into buckets. I want to spend my time here on relationships. I want to spend my time here doing work. I want to spend my time here doing healthy things. And then the day becomes easy. What, what is it that I'm filling in those buckets with? Wow, that's great. And, and then such a good thing. What was the oldest person who was on that hike? Oh, gosh. 50. Like that. Um, oh, my God. We're over the hill now. We're 50. <laughs> I think um, I have to find that out. But I don't think there were that many people older than maybe 55, if that. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting thing. I noticed when I was at 55 doing boot camp, you know, I was really starting to hurt my body. So Ooh. that some of the personal challenges are, are, have changed a little bit for me. Like I personally like to take a nice walk, you know? And, and so I think that, you know, just cause she went up the mountain doesn't mean, you know, that those need to be the bars that you set for yourself. But one thing I did notice was that the, that the, that you're, you'd like to hang around with people who have a taller bar than you. Yeah, I really didn't anticipate that being a big takeaway for me was surrounding myself with these people that were just doing these crazy things. And then it got me thinking, if they can do it, I can do it, which is part of that confidence that I have going into the hike for next year was I forgot to take advantage of that group mentality. Um, and I I think I was intimidated by a lot of the men that were there. And I definitely will not shrink to that next year. I will definitely embrace um, the camaraderie and feel like I belong, even though um, I might not feel as though I do. Well, you have the stripes now. Don't you get a little bad just that I did it? <laughs> That's right. Well, that you can I wear on your, the headlamp? <laughs> I'll make one. That's right. I did it already. I did it. This is just for fun this time. Did, are you taking any other women with you? Is there, did you get anyone excited to go with you or are you? Okay. You that, is, that is really interesting because I tell this story to, I've told it to so many people about what I was doing. There was only one person out of like, let's say a hundred people that was like, that is so cool. Everybody else was like, that is crazy. That's like crazy. <laughs> so I'm, um, it's my husband and I doing it together next year. And I've arranged, the kids are going to meet us um, on that last hike at the base. I've arranged that all three of my kids will be up there to watch us do that final summit next year. That's great. And so do they hike different mountains every year? Is that how they do it or? No, they do two mountains a year, one in um, Utah in August, and then the Vermont one in October. Are you going to do Utah in August next time? or No, I'm doing Vermont in October. Wow, so she's ready for the snow, sleet, and cold, freezing. Yes. I Life just it. seems easier after that. You know, knowing that I hiked 18 hours straight in all kinds of weather, just makes, you know, a, a run, a 10 mile run seem that much easier or, you know, an hour CrossFit workout is just like nothing now compared to doing the things that I did. Well, I got to get going on, on even just a little bit of better exercise for next year. And so what would you recommend for, for people who have been a little couch potato? You like, like, you know, how do you set that first goal? What would be our good first goal for 2019? 
Yeah, the great first goal would be to move your body a minimum of 15 minutes. And it's just that bite-sized pieces, just like I said. Start around the block. Listen to something. Listen to a podcast. Listen to your Facebook Live. Like, entertain yourself or do what it needs. Do what you need to do to get yourself off the couch. Oh, that is too funny. She's just what she thinks about me. Look at that, Sami. Oh, and then the other great thing to do that is so basic is to drink more water. Oh, that's a big Drink one. more water. You know, start reaching for the water um, instead of other drinks. And one of the best ways to start your day with water is to put a glass on your nightstand and drink it down before your feet hit the ground in the morning. And you can gulp it down. It's not like, you know, let's just take a few sips. Just gulp it down before your feet hit the ground. You can start off your day being hydrated and start off doing something that's so simple. It doesn't have to be lemon water. It doesn't have to have anything in it. Just a regular glass of water. I do that. Um, Good job. If it's not next to my bed, it's certainly next to my coffee maker. But I don't know. Somebody told me you get most dehydrated at night. I never knew that. That's right. Well, you're not doing anything other than sleeping for hopefully eight hours. Right. So is there, tell people where they can find you and how they can connect with your awesome work. Okay. I am on www.redefining and then there's a dash healthy, redefining healthy. And then we have a special gift put together for the people of this summit. Yes. They're gonna, you're going to get several books or several audio books download. That's right. Um, Which will give you something to do when you're walking, right? That's right. You can listen to the book and there's healthy recipes in there. You can go to my website and you can um, get on my email list where I share um, smoothie recipes, inspirational stories, um, maybe even some exercise tips. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, I mean, start something simple. It goes back to that all or nothing. Just because you didn't have your water that one morning, don't like, you know, don't give up on the rest of the day. Just go get a glass of water. (laughs) Uh, Same for like eating vegetables. Like just try to eat more whole foods, less processed foods, but it's not all or nothing. If by chance you do have something, it's not like, oh, forget it. No, just make a better choice at your next meal. Right. Especially like this, these holiday times when there's so much, you know, sugar and other things. It's like one of the things we can't do is beat ourselves up. There's no sense of that you just ate the cookie and then beat yourself up for it. I say cherish the cookie. Cherish the cookie. Cherish the cookie. Make it the best cookie that you can have. Don't eat a stale one that was left half eaten. If you're going to eat it, eat the best available one. Absolutely. I do that all the time. I'm there like, is this calories I want to put in my body or not calories I don't? And so I never go for those, you know, store-bought, you know, grocery store-bought cookies anymore or anything like that. It's just like, right, if I'm going to eat a piece of cake, it's going to be from the baker or, That's you right. know. So yeah, oh, we have such, I want to come over, let's, I'm going to come over and you happen to live a couple of towns over from my sister and we should do a cooking in the kitchen for the shaman chef one day. Oh, it's a done deal. It's, it's a done, a deal. done deal. Fine. Next time I come east, we'll do that. That will be a whole lot of fun. And we'll go live cooking in the kitchen. Yes. Perfect. Let's make some soups together. Oh, that would be fun. I love soup. Yeah. So, 
Well, thank you so much for being with us and all of the people who are at home listening or on your new walk listening or wherever you're listening from. This is the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium. And it's our gift to you to help you nourish and cherish your holidays and this, this solstice time of going into the darkness with just a little headlamp on your head and maybe one on your belt swashbuckler. But, you know, just to know that you're being held by a whole group and something that uh, Christine said about that group mentality. It's time we come back to our villages and our people. And, and next year, you're going to have all of those men who are lagging behind you, holding up your space for you. I can just feel it. Thanks. I like that, Renee. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be carrying up your energy. They'll be, you'll be riding. So good. So thank you so much for being with us. It was truly an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. And you're welcome to share this gift with your friends. Stay with us for the 12 days of the Yule. And if you feel called to go deeper, please join the group of committed fire tenders on the Wind Clan group page wall on Facebook. We look forward to being together with you on this online ceremony to celebrate and bring ritual back to the holy days.